707. Yeah, that's right. We play No Doubt for Matt Mayer when he's in studio. <laughs> oh, love my No Doubt. It is great to have you with us this morning. Brandon Boxer, Matt Mayer from uh, Opportunity Ohio. He is the president, the big chief. Uh, we're going to be dissecting a bunch of different stories. And one of my favorite things about Matt is he takes he spends a lot of time on issues that, you know, most people don't even cover. And when he exposed to me and educated me about the Medicaid growth a week ago, and he, he showed me his stats and information, I was alarmed. And I thought, well, we, we have to get this information on. Also, is uh, running for office nowadays only for the wealthy? So uh, Matt's going to be bringing us that in, in about a minute here. Also, later on this hour, Jay Ratliff, our aviation expert, uh, everything from pulling a, a drunk pilot off of a JetBlue plane to uh, Russian airplanes no longer allowed in our airspace in the United States, among uh, other countries. And the nine-year-old boy who was able to get past security in Brazil and boards a flight and flies, by the way, 2,000 miles away. <laughs> as far as weather goes, we're going to reach about 38 today. So the next couple of days are going to be a little cold, but we're back into the 70s, upper 60s for the weekend. I'll take it. I like it. Also, Arnold Sports Festival, that's uh, rolling on this weekend. I know, Matt, you're getting ready for the bodybuilding competition uh, Yeah, I'm tomorrow. all greased up. I've got my <laughs> protein in me, so yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm flexed and ready to, I, ready I just, to win. <laughs> I just have to share one thing. Matt, they're not going to like this, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Uh, Matt and both my executive producer, Mike Campana, both eligible, single, handsome guys, right? So... Campy specifically <laughs> during the break, I'm like, "Hey, uh, so are you into you know bodybuilding chicks?" And what did you say, Mike? I said, "I'm into whoever says yes." <laughs> at this point, <laughs> the bigotry of low expectations. What he, what he says is, "He's like, hey, do you dig athletic chicks?" I'm yeah. Like, First of all, gentlemen, I'm with a bunch of Neanderthals here. We don't refer to them as chicks. They're I know. fine ladies. Come fine on, ladies. They See, are there fine ladies. There you go. Uh, yeah. I'm going to get dinged for that later. <laughs> yes, you are. I, you're going to get home, and I think Minnie's going to give you a smack on the head. Boxer, I'm telling your wife. <laughs> <laughs> She's listening. Oh, they, no, she's not, actually. <laughs> no, anyway, now well, you are going to get dinged. I'll be over here. <laughs> All right. Well, look, uh, Matt Mayer, president of Opportunity Ohio at Ohio Matt and oppor- uh, OpportunityOhio.org. Let's get right into this. Um, your your exposure, what you have with the Medicaid growth versus private sector jobs. Uh, this was alarming because you educated me last week on just how much money we're pouring in to funding Medicaid. And if if you look at the trajectory, I was thinking about this. I'm not a mathematician. This could eventually bankrupt the state. Uh, yeah, like it absolutely could. So if you recall, right, 2013, John Kasich forced through Medicaid expansion under Obamacare. And he did that with the aid of Bill Batchelder, who just passed away. Bill Batchelder was known as a great conservative, but it's the one of the failures that Batchelder allowed that to happen um, and, in fact, enabled it to happen. And, be, and, and there are people like me who fought it because we I knew based upon data from other states that this was going to cause some massive budgetary issues, right? And we were essentially putting healthy, able-bodied workers on government welfare, right? And, and what we've seen is essentially nonstop, very, very much nonstop growth to a point where today we have about a million more people on Medicaid in Ohio than we did in 2013. So less than 10 years, uh, we've added over a million people. So we're at about 3.3 million today. And the spending since then, net gross spending up, even if you adjust, is about $57 billion more billion than we would have spent had we not expanded. Um, 
So that's that's a huge problem just in itself because it swallows and takes a huge chunk of the state budget month after month after month. And that means it's crowding out other services. Now, when tax revenues are coming in flush, which they are right now, nobody cares, right? But mm-hmm. when we hit a recession or revenues slow down, right? well, guess what? You know, it forces tax, tax hikes or cuts in other programs like, you know, criminal justice or education or um, – uh, you know, uh, other areas of the state transportation budgets. So it's it's a real problem. And, and to me, though, the, the piece, Brandon, that was more alarming to me is in 19 or in two, 2013, Medicaid enrollment was about 53 percent the size of Ohio's private sector. Right. Because you, you got to have the producers. Right. Generating revenues in order for you to pay for government. Right. Today, nine years later, Medicaid enrollment is now 72 percent the size of Ohio's private sector, which is only up about 115,000 net right. workers in nine years, which is terrible on it on its own. Right. But when you have those lines get closer and closer together, you're, you're going to have some funding issues eventually. Right. You're, you're, you're incentivizing employers to get rid of health care because they can then shift that cost onto the government because it's there. So that happens. Right. Then. More and more people then get pushed onto this, and if and, and what's remarkable to me is in the last year where we've had, you know, job growth in Ohio, Medicaid's still growing. Why is that? Why are we continuing to see people get on Medicaid despite the economy doing fine from a job standpoint? I'm baffled. Uh, Matt Mayer, president of Opportunity Ohio, is with us, and you can read more on this at opportunityohio.org. One former governor uh, Kasich, he's a Republican or was. Why would you opt into something like this? He what? wanted the he wanted the free money coming from Washington because at the time the feds were going to pick up right the load share right uh, in order it, for was it eighty percent or something it like was that a ninety oh, something 90, okay ninety five percent or something uh, but it's also because he wanted to lay the foundation for his twenty sixteen presidential run by appealing to blue collar poor workers to try to kind of grow his voting base. Um, and figure he could keep the Republicans because what they're who are they going to vote yeah. for, right? The, the Democrat, no. And so this was all kind of good old fashioned politics from his point of view. Um, and you know he lectured everybody. Oh, you know when you go to heaven, you know St. Peter's not going to ask you if, whose taxes you cut, right? And it's just like that classic moralizing holier yeah. than thou John Kasich that you see on CNN and makes you want to wretch. But but now Matt, help us understand here where we're at now in twenty twenty two. We're not getting that same federal funding. Am no, I getting that right? It's, you it's know, down. It comes down over the course of time. So, no, we're not We're not getting the same amount. Uh, we're getting a lot still, right? Because Medicaid is always mostly gover- federal government paid, which, by the way, I have always believed I've been pushing for us to decentralize Medicaid out of the federal government. So let's cut federal taxes in a paraded portion that then and devolve the program to states so that we can have, you know, laboratories of competition, all 50 states kind of do what they want to do on Medicaid yeah. to come up with kind of solutions that work. And if California wants to have a gold-plated program that is super expensive and puts everybody on it, great. But I want to—I want Californians to pay for that. I don't want Ohioans to pay for what California's doing, which we are today. So we yeah. subsidize right the gold-plated programs that they put together and all the 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 expansion that they've done and all the stuff they've added. And so you know, I, I think that's a bad system. I like federalism. I like states having the power and authority to do what they need to do. I think you just answered my next question was going to be, what's the solution to this? And I think yeah, you just nailed it right we gotta there. Get, we got to get, gotta get out of Washington and put in the hands of governors to, to innovate and do what they do best. It's interesting to watch the governor's race right now. Governor Mike DeWine, we're starting to see some of these TV commercials on his war chest. We've always known that he comes from a very wealthy family uh, versus Jim Renacci, for example. Uh, 
you're not going to see much from Blystone except for the yard signs, I feel like, right? I, I think yeah. that's probably right. I think, you know, it's it's going to be hard for him to keep up with the DeWine and uh, DeWine spending, especially. I don't think we m- we'll see much from Renacy either because he has his personal wealth. He puts money in, but he loans it, and he won't probably spend that money. Yeah. Um, Paul came out this past week where he's he's actually at like 9%. Blystone's in the, like 20%. And DeWine's kind of, I think, at 48 or something like that. Um, so I, I don't I don't see Renacy going up on TV that much either. Um, but, but, yeah, DeWine will be able to saturate the airwaves. You, you know, you're talking a staggering number. What, $110 million, uh, that's, versus That's made of personal wealth. Yeah. Personal wealth. Renacy, 30 to $40 million. I don't know what they have in their, their war chests at this point. But, but it's interesting because you look at the Senate races, too, and you've got the multimillionaires. Gibbons, uh, Timken, Dolan uh, – is are we getting to a point, Matt? And maybe we've already been there for a while. Where if you really have aspirations to run for office, is it becoming only for the wealthy? Well, for for these big offices, it appears to me, you know, especially in the Republican Party, right? That yeah, you you better have enough, and not just a couple. You know, you're not just to, oh, I'm, I'm worth a couple million dollars. You better be in, worth enough that you can take a chunk of that and stick it in the race because yeah. the, the self funding seems to be the only way you're going to be able to to do anything. Um, which is really unfortunate that we've reached a point where, you know, a, a, a Blystone can't go on the air because he's just not going to be able to raise the money um, and doesn't have the personal wealth, perhaps, to, to pour into this where other folks can. And, and like you've seen that in the Senate race, like Matt Dolan put in $8 million, his parents another wow. three, right? Uh, you had Timkins put in several million. Gibbons has put in, I think, at least $15 million in county at this point. And by the way, he's now winning. A poll came out and he is in the mid-20s. Then I think he's nine, seven points ahead of Josh Mandel, who's fallen to second. Wow! And then everybody else is down in the in the single digits. Um, it's because he's been he's spending fifteen million of his own money to get be on TV all the time, and and good for him. But th- there is a concern you have, which is, you know, who can't step up because they don't have that capacity to self fund like that. Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to get your take as we have a few just a few minutes left here. We saw some interesting things with the State of the Union address. First of all, your take overall on it. Uh, you know, it, it, to me, it's, it's it was forgettable, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the first part of it that where Joe Biden talked about Ukraine was was good, yeah. right? And then yeah. the rest of it was put me to sleep because it's, you know, he essentially unpacked the better, build back better, and is going to continue to just try didn't to, call it that. Just yeah. didn't call it that. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but but to me, that, was, that wasn't the most, the most interesting part of the State of the Union was what you was had nothing to do with what was on the dais. It was the fact that Joe Manchin, Democrat of West right. Virginia, sat with the Republicans. That, to me, is fascinating. What does that say? I don't know. He said it was just because Mitt Romney asked him to sit with him and they were showing bipartisanship. Okay. But, but you know, you know, he is in a state that went 69% for Trump. And his constituents don't like Biden at all. They don't like the progressive left. And so... You have to wonder the more and more the the progressive left continues to push Biden to to do all this build back better stuff, you know, is he going to switch to uh, become an independent uh, in caucus with the Republicans or does he become a Republican outright? If he doesn't, he I don't think he wins his next reelection if he wants to stay a senator. So so there's that interesting dynamic in play. But the fact that he sat with the other party is fascinating from kind of internal politics. Yeah, agreed. A couple of quick clips I want to play you. One, uh, yesterday, Jen Psaki was on CNN, uh, the White House press secretary, and now she's being mocked after it's interesting to watch what's going on with Putin and Russia and Ukraine. But what she had to say uh, about what Russia did the last time someone was in office, let's play that. 
thing. You know, I was at the State Department. The president was the vice president the last time Russia invaded Ukraine. This is a pattern of horror from this president, from President Putin and from the cronies around him. But I, I also, which I don't think she realized she said is it's a pattern of that party and their policies, it's a, too. It's a pattern that occurs when Democrats are in the White House. Exactly. Right? Like, exactly. It, 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 I mean, you know. It's just stunning. And here we are, right? Like, you know, we're buying 700,000 barrels of oil from Russia a day. 53 million. We write a check to them every day. No, look, I look, I get the energy issue where if you stop buying that, that you're going to skyrocket prices, right? You take, That's the you worry. You take 10% yeah. of Russian oil off the market yeah. and not buy it. You will see a massive increase in the price of gas. And it's just, that's the nature of the beast, right? But... Don't think for a moment that that money that we're putting into Putin's pocket every day we buy is not money that's being funneled to do what's being done in Ukraine. So there is a problem that we've got to solve if we're going to try to take push him back. And he's he's a he's, yeah. he's, he's a petro thug. And so if you, if you keep access to his oil going, which is what which everybody's still doing, well, you're going to fund his war. Sorry. Yeah. Finally, uh, Matt Mayer, President of Opportunity Ohio, is with us. I want to play you some awkward moments for the State of the Union address with Biden. Here they are. Putin may circle Kiev with tanks, but he'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. He'll never, he'll never extinguish their love of freedom. We spent months building coalitions of other freedom-loving nations in Europe. We're cutting off Russia's largest banks in the international financial system, preventing Russia's central bank from defending the Russian ruble. Our forces are not going to Europe to fight Ukraine. And a pound of Ukrainian people, the proud, proud people, pound for pound, ready to fight with every inch of energy they have. You can't build a wall high enough to keep out. So my, my whole point, look, I screw up all the time, but he's a professional a career politician. I, I'm genuinely concerned about his health okay, and so, his mind. You know, I, I read a, f- a foreign newspaper every single day and, yeah. I, and I have, you know, I follow Twitter feeds from the foreign places a lot because it's part of what i do yeah. right and i will tell you the iranian slip-up yeah was the focal point of enormous amounts of the foreign press and foreign wow. people i was wondering they, they, they viewed that as he is definitely slipping at his age and that is yeah. deeply problematic because it, it is. shows weakness and it's not problematic for ukraine that's that's now done it's it's problematic for china for iran for North Korea, who's North Korea's launching more ballistic missiles, yep. which again yep. stopped under Trump, back under Democratic president, right? And this is where, if they sense and smell weakness, it is a zero sum game in in the world, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. we we are not looking strong right now.